At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw, live from the Circus Sportsbook on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome into Odds On. I'm Mike Palm. Amal Shaw out today. I heard a rumor that he is auditioning for the title role in Jesus Christ Superstar in an off, off, off Broadway production after his rave reviews in the commercial for Circus Sports Football Contest today. <laughs> Adam Burke sitting in. Adam, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Glad to be here. It's a big day down here at Circa. Yeah. Announce day. Announce day. <laughs> What's the guarantee yes. day? Yeah. Yeah, we got up early to be on Mitch and Paul. So $12 million. We'll see how much of a shortfall we have this year. I, I understand there's more travel and all that, but it's just, gas is five fifty a gallon and there's no baby formula. We'll see. We'll see what happens. NBA playoffs get back in action tonight. NHL, uh, Lord Stanley Cup enters the second round after a fantastic first round. And a full, and I mean full day of Major League Baseball with three scheduled doubleheaders, Adam. First scheduled doubleheader at Chavez Ravine since 1987. The reason that time, the Pope was in town. Wow. They moved the game. And uh, this one because of a lockout. And this one because of a lockout. So similar. Uh, <laughs> I want I want to start with the NBA, though, tonight. Eastern Conference Finals get started. Celtics at Heat. Celtics, a road favorite in this series. $1.60, $1.65 at most places. Heat, a point-and-a-half favorite here in game number one tonight in South Florida. Adam, how are you going to attack this series? Yeah, I think it's really interesting what you mentioned, that you know Boston is a, a pretty clear-cut favorite to win this series. Minus 165 behind us, minus 185 out there at, at DraftKings, and probably a similar price in some other places. But yet, the Heat are favored tonight. Two-point favorite in tonight's game. And you know, look, you really do wonder, 
Miami hasn't played since Thursday. You know, they eliminated the 76ers in six games, whereas Boston having to play that grueling seven-game series against Milwaukee, not finishing up until Sunday. Obviously, they won that game in blowout fashion, but it feels like, to me, this number is very much influenced by the fact that the Celtics just went seven with the Bucs, just finished up on Sunday, whereas Miami is a lot more rested. I want to take a look at this from a prop perspective and from uh, a series MVP's perspective. If you think the Heat are going to win this series, instead of taking, you can probably find a dollar sixty-five out there on, on on the take back in the market. Wouldn't you be better off just taking Jimmy Butler at two to one to be the series MVP? Yeah, I would think so. I mean, to me, it's sort of the same concept that we sort of look at with the Super Bowl. You know, where you could take the dog on the money line, or you can just take the underdog's quarterback and probably get a better price out there in the MVP market. So that's absolutely a strategy that I would look to take here. Maybe Adebayo has a big series, 12-1, to 1, something like that. But, you know, for me, I think that you you kind of have to look at this and just sort of say, as you said, if you're going to get that Miami series upset, as small as it is, it's probably on the shoulders of Jimmy Butler. He'd open two tonight, a favorite at home. I think they're going to be two in game two, no matter what the result is tonight. If they beat Boston... Uh, they'll probably be favored at home in game two. But if Boston beats them, they'll be in a desperate spot in game number two. I don't see the the number in game two much coming off this. Well, and that's interesting because, you know, like I said, I mean, you, you've got Boston such a clear favorite for the series here, but yet you have Miami this short two-point favorite in game one. And, and like I mentioned, how much of that has to do with the spot where, you know, Boston mm-hmm. just went through seven games. But you're saying you think that'll be the line in game two, kind of regardless of how things sort of play out. So I guess it kind of makes me wonder... You know, is Boston four and a half, five at home in game three, game four, or are they even a bigger favorite than that? Yeah, you saw that. You saw it rotate between four and a half and five, five and a half in game five against the Bucs, where people have these teams power rated. You know, Miami's been very good at home here. It's going to be a defensive series. You see the first total open, 204, very low for today's NBA standards. Any thoughts on the total? Yeah, you know, I think a lot of people expecting game one to sort of be a feeling out process. You know, obviously, too, you've got a couple of really strong defensive teams here, as you said. And, you know, when you look at these two teams and their performance throughout the course of the playoffs, you know, they have been a couple of the best defensive teams in in the pro season here. But also you kind of wonder, you know, does that sort of have to do with the competition that they've played? Maybe some teams in the East, not necessarily as good offensively. So I think, you know, in tonight's game, kind of a lean maybe towards the under with that feeling out process, maybe with Boston a little bit sluggish coming out of the gate. But it does make me wonder, the winner of this series that goes on and plays the winner from the West, either the Mavericks or the Warriors, you know, is that kind of a wake-up call for these two teams because they haven't faced a whole lot of good offenses here in the Eastern side of the playoffs? Before we get away from the NBA, I want to ask your thoughts on the Western Conference Finals. Warriors uh, as a three-seed, the home team to the four-seeded uh, Dallas Mavericks. Mavericks go seven with an impressive performance in the desert, totally annihilating Phoenix, holding them at 27 in the first half. Warriors open for most places around 220, 225 favorite for the series and a five-point favorite at home in game one tomorrow night. Yeah, I mean, look, I think it was really important coming out in the first two games. Even though the Mavericks lost them, Luka Doncic looked really good. He had 80 combined points in the first two games of that series kind of set the tone for the rest of it, where they won four of the next five games, playing at a very, very high level right now. For Golden State, obviously, you know, that series kind of turned late with John Morant getting hurt, but, you know, Memphis still had that Game 5 blowout victory before Golden State took care of their affairs in Game 6. 
really, to me, I think this series comes down to the supporting cast. You know, I think Luca and Steph Curry are both going to do what they always do. Maybe Doncic to a little bit higher of a level in terms of a production standpoint. But which supporting cast is better? I think that ultimately determines the series. And, and I guess I'd throw that back at you. Which supporting cast do you think will be better in this series? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think that the Warriors have played with much rhythm here in the last week. You know, Amal made a great point yesterday about how well Dallas defends the perimeter. And JVT was on the show Friday talking about in that series because he liked Dallas to win game seven. He said, take the, take the points, but they've got a great shot to win. The, the percentage of open shots, right, was five times higher for Dallas than it was for Phoenix in that series. They're just so much better defending the perimeter. I think they'll give Golden State trouble on the perimeter. I like Dallas. I like to take Dallas in these spots. I like to play these series at, at the game's point, right? I took Dallas plus a game and a half against Phoenix at a plus price. I know you got to lay about a dollar twenty-five here, but I think they force. I think they can force a game seven here. I don't see the Warriors winning this thing in four or five. So I like Dallas plus a game and a half minus one twenty-five. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I think it's a, a pretty good way to play it, especially because you know, like I talked about. I mean, Dallas sort of found their rhythm, winning four of those last five games against the Suns and. Yeah, obviously, Devin Booker wasn't fully himself. He didn't look like the player that he usually is, and neither did Chris Paul. But I think a lot of people are going to look at that and say, well, yeah, Booker and Paul didn't play well. But the reason they didn't play all that well is because of what Dallas did defensively. So I think the Mavericks maybe come into this series, could we say a little bit undervalued just because people aren't necessarily giving them the credit for beating the Suns. It's almost like the Suns beat themselves by not playing well. You know, I bet a ticket on Dallas at, uh, for 50 bucks. At 55 to 1. Um, after game one, they lost to Utah, but we thought that Luka would be back for game three. But I bet it because Booker went out. And I thought Phoenix with no Booker, I didn't think Booker would be back. Either they lose to New Orleans or they get to face Phoenix uh, without Booker. That didn't work out, but they get the job done. So now I'm going to let's see how this plays out and see if they can steal a game in Golden State before I try to hedge off this ticket because I think they're pretty live in this series. Uh, we mentioned three doubleheaders today, so three early games. One's going to go in about five minutes first pitch from Kansas City, and I have a play on this game. Dylan Cease and the White Sox taking on um, the Royals here. Look, last night I thought a big boost to the White Sox. Quaito looked great last night. He mowed, mm -hmm. th he mowed through Kansas City. They just don't have a lot of punch in that lineup. Royals come back and tie the game up. White Sox win 5-3 in extras to finally level their record at 17-17. and 17. Cease, a heavy favorite here in game number one. Um, $1.78 on the overnight, up to $1.95 in some spots uh, with a total of 8.5, Adam. Yeah, look, the one thing I'll say about this game and the one thing I'll say about aces like Dylan Cease in general, you have to bet them on the overnights because aces blindly get bet up at least 15 cents on the overnight lines, if not more, like we saw with Shane McClanahan today, uh, and his start for the Rays against the Detroit Tigers. So if you like the Dylan Ceases of the world, the Shane McClanahan's, the Garrett Coles, uh, you know, obviously a, a lot of the guys that the Dodgers have, if you like those guys, you have to bet the overnights so that you can get some of that line value. Because as Mike mentioned, this one's jumped up about 20 cents. So here. I took him on the run line here, and it's a 15 cent difference there too because it was on the overnight. I laid a dollar ten on the run line on the road here today. As you mentioned, you know, it goes from $1.70, $1.95, $1.10 to $1.25. Chavez Ravine. Tyler Gilbert uh, is going to go for the D-backs. Uh, Pepiat pitching for the Dodgers here. Sort of it looks like a bullpen game for both teams. Dodgers win last night 5-4. Madbaum good through four, gives up three in the bottom of the fifth. Center fielder didn't help him out. Dodgers have won 23 of the last 26 at Chavez Ravine against the D-backs. 
Uh, Pepio, <laughs> 250 favorite in game one with a total of nine. Yeah, it's a big number. One thing I want to mention real quick about mm-hmm. taking Dylan Cease and taking the run line, yeah. it's a road team. So you know that yep. they're batting nine times. I think that's a really important distinction to make when you're betting run lines. If you're betting a home team on the run line, they may only go to the plate eight times. So you may miss an opportunity for them to actually go out there and, and cover that spread. As far as this game goes, you know, I think it's interesting. The Dodgers won, what, their first 20 games on the run line. All 20 of their wins to open the season were on the run line. Their last two wins by one run. And, of course, yesterday's game, they gave up the two-run homer late. That gave the Diamondbacks the victory and the plus one and a half. They did lose the game outright, though. You know, it's always tough here when, you, when you've got young pitchers going in game one. I think you kind of look for this situation to maybe be a good opportunity to bet something in game two because you know, you've got youngsters on the mound. You don't necessarily know how they're going to perform. If they go maybe three or four innings, don't pitch all that well, something like that, all of a sudden the bullpen gets pressed into action on a day where there's a doubleheader. So I don't have any activity in game one, but I want to see how game one plays out to see if maybe I come up with something that I like for game two. Cardinals at Mets, the other game, that was not scheduled. That was a rainout from last night. Look, I bet Mikolas last night at, at even money. Now comes back today, same two pitchers. Now he's $1.10, $1.12. What made that line move? Yeah, you know, I think when you look at Miles Mikolas this season, there are a lot of indicators in his profile that regression is coming. And he's pitched extremely well. I'm not denying that. But he's got a 149 ERA with a 256 expected ERA, 296 FIP. He's a guy that just looks like it's going to be tough for him to sustain that level of performance as we go throughout the season here. So I think maybe the market a little bit concerned about that. But, you know, we'll see if he winds up pitching well again today. Yeah, I'm going to take him. We'll see in the plays later. One thing, that he's got his whip way down. I mean, he's a mm-hmm. career one, two, three, one, two, five guy down around one because he's throwing strikes. Up next, the NHL. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. 
and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. This segment of Odds On is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke free, spit free, and available in 10 varieties, and they come in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide. Visit zen.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's Z-Y-N dot C-O-M slash F-I-N-D. This product does contain nicotine, which is an addictive chemical. Welcome back into Odds On. Mike Palm here with Adam Burke sitting in for Amal Shaw today. And let's turn our attention to the Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll go two games every other night, except on the weeks. It looks like their schedule is going to be one on Saturday and three on Sunday, but that's not too bad. That's a good way with some early games on Sunday. Lightning and Panthers kick it off. The battle for Florida, Mall and I had a discussion yesterday, Adam, about is $1.60 or even $1.70 in some places the appropriate price on the Florida Panthers against the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion Lightning here? Yeah, you know, uh, interesting thing about this series, they actually have a back-to-back coming up in this mm-hmm. series, which was something that you rarely see in the NHL playoffs. Obviously easier with the two teams both being down in Florida. But look, I look at this series price, and I mean, it's that high for a reason. Right. You know, Florida is a team that's looked really good throughout the course of the season. Tampa Bay is the two time defending champ, as you mentioned. But, you know, if, if you look at what happened in that series against the Maple Leafs, Toronto should have won that series. And Toronto is just a snake bitten team when it comes to the playoffs, snake bitten team when it comes to the first round. But they were the better team throughout the course of that series. So I think that that's kind of influencing this price a little bit to where. Look, I think maybe people just don't realize how good Florida actually is. You know, Tampa Bay, as you mentioned, two-time reigning champ. Toronto gets a lot of headlines in that division. Maybe people don't realize how good the Florida Panthers are. I actually think this price is pretty accurate. I I cannot bet Florida here. If anything, I'll bet Tampa, but I'm probably going to wait to see how this series develops. 
and maybe attack these totals. The first game comes out of seven. Uh, juice to the under. I thought it would be six and a half. We saw that last game of the regular season in Sunrise where the Lightning put up eight, which I thought was a statement game for John Cooper and his guys. Look, you can question the Panthers in their series too. The Caps had those games in their hands. I mean, they're with three minutes to go, you're up a goal 2-1 to take a 3-1 series lead. You give up a three-goal lead midway through the second period uh, in game number five. And then you had the lead in game number six as well. I think there's a formula here to the Panthers. You know, the Capitals committed to stop the transition game. It hurt their offense. I think they had nine five-on-five goals in the whole series. But I think that I, I personally would make this series about $1.30. I think the price is a little bit high. Um, I, I think, boy, if they be, I'll be believers in Bobrovsky and the Panthers if they can knock off the lightning because I just think it's an awfully tough task, especially when the team never loses two in a row. Well, and I think, too, you know, to your point about Bobrovsky and, and the matchup here against Vasilevsky, we saw in that Flame Stars series the difference a goaltender can make. I mean, that, that series should have been over very, very quickly. But Dallas got exceptional goaltending, maybe the best goaltending series performance we've ever seen from Jake Ettinger in that one. Is Vasilevsky going to be that guy for Tampa Bay in this series? And what can we reasonably expect from Bobrovsky and you know the Panthers? And, and maybe they could have a goaltender controversy as this series goes along. Who knows? But Tampa Bay only 12 five-on-five goals in that series against Toronto. So they didn't do much at yeah. even strength in that series. That's something they'll have to find a way to fix here against Florida. All right, let's move on to game two tonight. The Colorado Avalanche hosting the St. Louis Blues. Series price here. Between three eighty and four dollars in favor of the Avalanche. I had Jeff Davis, who's our hockey guy here at Circus Sports, used to be the director at Caesars. I said this is too high, and I'll tell you why, Jeff. I said if we see the same amount of penalties called at that rate that we did in the first round, St. Louis had the best power play in the regular season, second best penalty kill. I think that has to factor into it. He said honestly, Mike, I had Colorado a five dollar favorite against either the Blues or the Wild before the playoffs starting. I was impressed with St. Louis, and that's why I lowered the price. I still think it's too high. What say you, Adam Burke? I think Jeff's right in terms of I was very impressed with St. Louis as well. I don't think people realize how good of a team the Minnesota Wild was throughout mm-hmm. the course of the season. And for St. Louis to advance and, and to do so in six games, I think was really impressive. The thing for Colorado, a couple things here. I mean, first of all, they were remarkably dominant in that series against the Predators, mm-hmm. as we expected them to be. And a lot of people do think that this is the team that should win the Stanley Cup. But they're going on a long layoff here. I, mean, I don't think they played in eight days, I believe it is, with that series sweep that they had. Every other series win at least six games. What do they look like tonight in game one? Is there a chance that St. Louis can steal this one, kind of pull that series price down a little bit? I think there's a possibility of that, just because Colorado now stepping up a little bit in class, having to get back on the ice, having to get back into rhythm after a long layoff. Because keep in mind, you know, throughout the regular season, you don't get seven, eight-day layoffs like that. This is a very unique thing, unique to the playoffs. And so I, I kind of wonder about Colorado tonight. Maybe St. Louis first period is maybe an angle that you want to look at. Price tonight, 235. Uh, puck line, you can lay the puck and a half, get back a plus $1.05. Total six and a half, juiced to the over. Darcy Kemper got nicked up in that series. Smartly, you don't need to rush him back, Jared Bettner. They had that under control. He will come back tonight. And it, it's interesting, Barubi did go to Bennington, who had lost nine straight playoff starts, hadn't won a game since Game 7 against the Bruins in the 19 Stanley Cup Finals. But he gets three wins in a row against Minnesota. Looked pretty solid in doing so. Um, yeah, Colorado's just a team, two consecutive second-round exits. Very disappointing. And really, this year, Adam, they've not faced much adversity. No major injuries. 
way out in front, won the division early. They've been great at home. It will be interesting to see if the Blues can steal one of these two games in Denver, how they react in Game 3 in St. Louis. But the big thing is they got to do that first. Yeah, I think it's a good point. And you talk about adversity and the importance of kind of dealing with that and also being able to overcome it in the playoffs. And for Bennington, you know, a guy that was on top of the world, being a Stanley Cup champion goaltender. And then ever since then, you know, it hasn't really gone according to plan for him, but he steps up when the team needs him most. The, the playoffs are just, a, they're a different animal. You know, it just, it takes a different kind of mindset. And Bennington has that. He's kind of battle-tested, sort of proven. I wonder if maybe this is a lower scoring game tonight as well, where Colorado is trying to get back into rhythm, trying to gel, trying to get everything going once again. And for St. Louis, you probably do everything that you can to, to defend and try to win 3-2, you know, 3-1, something like that in this series because they don't have the firepower that Colorado has. So I would think that the Blues and what their game plan will be will be predicated on trying to defend as well as possible. So maybe looking at that under 6.5 tonight, not a bad idea. Uh, tomorrow night kicks off the other two series, the Metro Division, the Carolina Hurricanes. That's only the third series in the history of the NHL where all seven games were won by the home team. Taking on the Rangers, Maul and I both had big series tickets on the Rangers. He had them after they were down 3-1 at 5-1. I laid the dollar twenty before. We got through their lucky goal, really, in the last five minutes to get us to overtime, but they got the job done. I have them at 26-1 to to win the Cup from February. I'm not confident at all heading into this series against the Hurricanes. Hurricanes played well against them in the regular season, including two pretty dominant wins in Madison Square Garden in the month of April. I'm somehow going to try to probably get off of this ticket. And I'm going to start, I think, by laying the dollar ninety, or if I can find a dollar eighty-five or a dollar eighty with the Hurricanes here. Yeah, you know, look, I mean, it's again one of those spots where I think the Rangers need Shesterkin to be really, really good in this series to to have a, a legitimate chance at, at winning it and. You know, they even got a little bit fortunate in terms of that Penguin series where the Penguins kind of had the revolving door at the goaltender position. As you mentioned, they come from behind and win that series. You know, Carolina is a very buttoned up team. They've been one of the top teams from an analytics standpoint the last several years. Uh, maybe this is just kind of their time to sort of make a push. I guess I'd ask you in terms of trying to go, you know, make a play against that Rangers price. Are you looking just at this series or would you consider a Tampa Bay or a Florida Something like that, just in case that man winds up being the matchup going forward. I just think with Shesterkin in this form right now, I don't think they can advance beyond. You know, they get to play Louis Domingue last series. Let's let's be realistic. They gave up way too many goals, but they had Louis Domingue to bail him out a couple of times. You know, Auntie Ranta's been good for the Hurricanes. That that the funny thing about that series, and if you don't have the stick break there, that ends three one or four one in Game Seven. No game was competitive. The home teams dominated every game between the Bruins and the Hurricanes. Amal made a statement yesterday. He thinks they were better off with Freddie Anderson getting injured and having Antti Ranta because Freddie Anderson's never performed in the playoffs. It, it, it's an interesting take. But, I, see, well, I don't think the Rangers are going to win game one or game two. If I wait, now this price is going to be $4. And so I have to do it now. And then I can back into maybe a series price on the Rangers to even hedge off the series should they steal one of one of the first two games final. Series tomorrow night gets underway. The Battle of Alberta. The Flames outlast the Stars and Jake Ottinger in seven games. The Oilers come back and beat the Kings in seven. We'll open in the Olympic Saddle Dome in Calgary with Calgary nearly a $2 series favorite here. Do you agree with that price, Adam? It might be a little bit high, but the one thing I can tell you, this series will be a war. These two teams absolutely hate each other. This should be very, very physical. Uh, I think it'd be a really interesting series the deeper we get if we go into game six or game seven to see how many able-bodied players are still available here. 
Yeah, I mean, if it's a bet on the Oilers, you're betting that Mike Smith can be consistent for five or six games in the series. The VEASAN Spring Special is here. For only $59, you get everything VEASAN has to offer from now to the end of July. The next few months are going to be filled with the best betting content in the business right here at VEASAN.com, and subscribers will have access to all of it, including daily Major League best bets from my partner, Adam Burke. JVT will have all of the analysis all the way through the NBA Finals, and Andy McNeil breaks down all the action on the ice. We'll have lots of NFL preseason coverage as well, not to mention golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. Sign up now at vcin.com slash spring. Up next, baseball awards. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Want more betting insights to give you an edge? Check out VSIN's Best Bets podcast. You can listen to daily sports betting highlights from the entire 24 7 stream of VSIN experts tracking line moves, odds, props, wins, losses, and bad beats from sports books right here in Vegas and across the whole country. Download the VSIN Best Bets podcast now at slash podcasts. Or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back into Odds On. Mike Palm here with Adam Burke. Let's take a look before we get into some more of the games here in the afternoon schedule with baseball. Right now, it's some of the markets for the entire season awards. And by that, I mean Cy Young and MVP in both uh, leagues. And let's start with the American League Cy Young, where a very familiar name is having a dominant first quarter of the season here. JV, Justin Verlander, looking like him, his old self, leads Major League Baseball in whip at 0.68, an ERA of 138, and has amassed five wins out of six decisions for his Houston Astros. Right now, he's the betting favorite at 5-1. to one. Yeah, and I can't argue with it. I mean, you know, look, something else I think is going to be really interesting and something you have to consider if you're getting into this market at this point in time is that we're not seeing a lot of starters go 100 pitches. We're not seeing a lot of guys go seven innings, stuff like that. So in terms of getting those counting statistics that the voters look for, maybe a little bit tricky as we go forward here. But you don't have to worry about that with a workhorse guy like Verlander. Even though he's coming off of his second Tommy John surgery, he's, what, 38, 39 years old. He doesn't have to hold anything back, and the team knows that they don't have to hold anything back with him. The second thing about Verlander and pitchers of his ilk, he's a big fly ball pitcher. The biggest thing for him has been giving up home runs. The ball's not carrying this year. Being a fly ball pitcher is really beneficial for you right now. So for Justin Verlander, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if he's able to continue the path that he's on it's just that at five to one, there's there's really not a whole lot of betting equity. Yeah, I'm no I'm no fan of Gaussman at seven to one. Have contract will travel. Garrett Cole, the preseason favorite at seven fifty. Dylan Cease pitching today for the White Sox at eight to one. Let me throw a few names at you here of young guys that maybe not were household names before the year began. Three guys right now: Alec Manoa, the Blue Jays, eleven to one. Nestor Cortez was forty to one two weeks ago. Now sixteen to one. Part of this surprising Yankees pitching that's giving up a record a least number of runs for their for their team. And then a guy that I started getting on last year, the Mariners, and he goes tonight, Logan Gilbert. He's at 22-1, to 1, Cortez 16-1 to 1 right now. Any of these three guys have a shot or a decent shot that you would make a bet right now at these prices? You know, I think it's really tough because one of the things that concerns me going forward with a lot of these young arms is that they had the short 2020 season, then they ramped up again in 2021, I think pitcher health will be a massive concern as we go forward throughout the rest of the season here. So young guys like Manoa, young guys like Gilbert, you know, are they able to withstand the arm abuse it takes to throw 160, 170, 180 innings? 
I don't know if that's going to be the case, which is why I kind of defer maybe to more of a veteran guy like a Verlander here, maybe a Garrett Cole, something like that, where those are guys that have just been through the rigors of throwing 200 innings. Will some of these teams kind of shelter their pitchers a little bit in the middle of the year, skip them a turn, you know, kind of go to the six-man rotation thing, something like that. Those are things that do worry me as we go forward. It's kind of handicapping the voters, too, of, you know, we know that strikeout percentage is down a little bit. We know that pitchers aren't working as deep into games anymore. What will the voters prioritize? Will it be a scenario where they look at ERA and whip and stuff like that, or are they looking at the raw counting numbers? Do you need 200 strikeouts to win the Cy Young this year like you do most years? I think that's something that we're going to have to figure out kind of as the season plays out. Do you think the inning standard is going away uh, with Cy Young voters? That's a good question. Or at least I, or at least not as important a factor. Right. I would like to think so. I mean, you know, we, we have kind of, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be 36 this year. We, we sort of have my generation kind of becoming beat writers, getting votes for these things and all of that, where we're kind of raised in a little bit different of an era with some of the more advanced statistics, kind of looking at more of the percentages and rate stats as opposed to the counting stats and all of that. So I certainly think it's a possibility. It's just when you look at the history of the award, you know, you really do have to be a workhorse in most cases to win it. National League, let's take a look there. Corbin Burns, the defending champ, uh, and Max Scherzer, co-favorites right now. Burns' number is good, one and two record. They haven't scored many runs for him in Milwaukee. Scherzer, four and one, both plus 475. Carlos Rodon's been terrific in his move from the White Sox to San Francisco. He's plus 750. Pablo Lopez sort of showing up Sandy Alcantara as the ace of that staff in South Florida. We both he's twelve to one. We both have tickets on Joe Musgrove, four and zero right now. Whip under one, ERA just over two. He's at eighteen to one. Clayton Kershaw injured right now, but four and zero um, had a shot at a perfect game in his opener. He's at twenty eight to one, and a couple guys with a little bit disappointing years: Wheeler and Alcantara down there at thirty to one. I bet Freddie Peralta before the season. He had a nice outing last night, but it'll take some work to get him back in the race. Yeah, struck out 10 last night over seven innings. Really, really good start for him against a quality Braves lineup that I I still, for the life of me, can't figure out what the issue is with this Atlanta Braves team. Look, even though he's down to 18 to 1, and and you've got a better price than I do, you got 50 to 1 on Musgrove, I've got 25. I still think that Joe Musgrove is a guy that makes a lot of sense here. And in fact, I have an article coming out in tomorrow's edition of Point Spread Weekly about pitching coaches and the impact that they have basically highlighting Brent Strom of the Diamondbacks. And of course, Zach Gallon, you know, 30 to one here to win the Cy Young, but also Ruben Niebla with the Padres. And I'm very familiar with Ruben Niebla, longtime pitching coach, minor league coordinator, all that in the Indians organization, a guy that had a massive hand in developing Shane Bieber, Corey Kluber, you know, getting guys to the major leagues like Tristan McKenzie, Zach Plesak, um, you know, Aaron Savali, guys that are struggling a little bit now, oddly enough, without Niebla there in the organization, but he's there with the Padres, and I think he can really help elevate a guy like Joe Musgrove, and we're seeing it already. Well, Plesak and Savali have been horrific. They've been Plesak awful. goes today. Very bad. Bieber has lost a couple miles off mm-hmm. the fastball. He's not dominating the way he did. You mentioned Zach Allen. How, how about how good Merrill Kelly has been? Mm-hmm. And then also what he did with uh, Mad, Mad Bum having to move sides of the rubber. Not easy to get a veteran to change at a stage. And he's been terrific, too. I mean, he gave up. He's what, What's his streak now of two earned runs? And he kind of pitches into bad luck last night with the play in center. These guys have all been outstanding so far this year. Yeah, they've been absolutely outstanding. And and not to pull back the curtain too far in the article, but mm-hmm. one of the things that Brent Strom did in Houston that he's now carried over to Arizona is throwing fastballs up in the zone. And that's something that Dylan Cease, who's pitching tonight mm-hmm. and, and one of the Cy or pitching today and one of the Cy Young favorites, he throws a lot of elevated fastballs. They're hard to hit. 
They're hard to hit for any kind of contact quality, and they're hard to make contact with, period. So even though Arizona has a low strikeout pitching staff, they've been throwing more up in the zone, kind of changing the eye level a lot more effectively. Bumgarner's been doing that where he doesn't have the strikeouts, but his contact quality numbers look a lot better. So Strom's doing a lot of really good things with that Arizona pitching staff that had an ERA of 515 last year. I expected nothing from them this season, and here they are with a winning record, you know, in, the, in mid-May. I kept saying, how do they keep bringing back Torrey Lavello? I mean, what's he got? You just got to win 70 games, and they're going to keep him. But so far, <laughs> in a really tough division, they've been pretty good. Um, all right, AL MVP. To me, maybe you can explain this to me. I'm just not, I mean, Shohei here on this is plus 210. He's minus 120 in some markets right now. Is this a right? Should we just take this? I mean, he's going to win the award, right? To take the 210 right now. Yeah, I mean, look, the only way that Shohei Otani doesn't win this award is if people treat him like Mike Trout and say, well, he could be the MVP every year. So we'll give it to somebody mm -hmm. else. Because people used to do that with Trout. I mean, there's a reason why Trout, I think, only has three of them mm -hmm. in his career, even though he could have seven or eight. But, you know, that's the thing. Do people just look at Otani and go, well, he could win it every year. Let's give it to somebody else. I, I don't think we've reached that point yet. I think anything two to one plus money, whatever, as long as Otani is healthy, I don't see how anybody else wins it. Do you think I, I could try to make the argument here about uh, Otani as a hitter. I think there's a lot of holes in him as a hitter. I think he strikes out far too often. I think if you look at when his hits are, are they in high leverage positions? No. Now he's been outstanding pitching, right? I've heard the argument made he's the fourth best hitter and the second best or third best pitcher on a team. How could he be the MVP when he's not even the best of, of either other thing? But the public loves this guy. The voters love this guy. I mean, Vlad had an outstanding year last year. It wasn't really close. I think 210 is a gift right here to you, say, barring a major injury. Yeah, and look, I mean, also, too, I think you have to kind of look around him and, and see, you know, who else is worthy of the award. And Mike Trout's having a monster year. Taylor Ward's having a huge year for the Angels, too, and he... He's like 70 to one. Uh, but, you know, Aaron Judge having a big year. Great. Will he stay healthy? I don't know. Mm -hmm. He hasn't really, for the most part, throughout his career. You start looking through some of these guys. Byron Buxton's not going to stay healthy. Jose Ramirez, eventually teams are going to stop pitching to that guy. He's, so to, I'm going to say this right. To me, he's the most underrated hitter in baseball. Yes. he He's amazing. I love to watch him. There's not a lot of guys. I don't love to watch Trout hit, to be honest with you. I love to watch Jose Ramirez hit. Because he doesn't look like a guy that should hit the ball at all. And he it's he can turn on a high fastball in. You can't throw it by him. It's amazing. And I've been fortunate. I've been able to watch him a lot being yeah. a Guardians fan, <laughs> being a Cleveland native. It just his elite bat-to-ball skills, his elite pitch recognition skills, it, it's just remarkable to watch with him. I will say this. We're a long ways away from it. But when they ban the shift next year, few guys, I, I don't think anybody, has had more hits taken away by the shift than Jose Ramirez. I will bet him for MVP next year. I don't know if he wins it, but with the shift going away and with how pull happy he is, I think that's a guy that's going to have a monster season next year. So Any, anybody you love in the NFL MVP race right now? Uh, you know, I'm really kicking myself. I meant to bet Manny Machado pre-flop before the season, and I didn't. <laughs> what and, was his uh, price? Uh, I think it was 25 to three, one. Three to one in some market. Yeah, three I know. A, a, a lost opportunity to say the least. Yeah, yeah. All right, when we come back, we'll have our plays as well as the rest of the Major League Baseball card.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's hockey playoff time, and Bet Rivers has a special offer through the entire NHL playoffs. Throughout the playoffs, place three same game parlays of $10 or more on each round and receive a $10 free bet at the conclusion of each round. Think of it as a betting hat trick. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Create your ideal combo with Same Game Parlays on the BetRivers app or at BetRivers.com. Welcome back into Odds On. That's the voice of Adam Burke filling in for Amal Shaw. I'm Mike Palm. Amal had a heavy lean yesterday that got there. He liked the uh, uh, Marlins quite a bit uh, at home against the Nats, and they got the jump job done pretty easily. Alcantara got out of the, got out a few jams in the first and second, and that was a winner. I'll give you the honors for any plays you'd like to have today. Yeah, one that I took a look at here today, Seattle and Toronto over. This one, Logan Gilbert and Jose Barrios in that one. And, and the juice is actually swinging against me here in this one. It's now under minus 115 on the total of eight. But look, when you look at these two guys, a lot of hard contact allowed so far here this season. And, and Barrios has not pitched well at all whatsoever. And you look at his numbers, you look at his last two starts. He's really struggled against the Guardians and the Yankees. And that hard contact finally coming back to burn him a little bit here. And this is a guy that just, you know, the strikeout rate is way down. The command is way down. And even though the Mariners offense can be a little bit hot and cold, I still think they'll make a lot of hard contact tonight off of Barrios. And Logan Gilbert is a guy who obviously pitching very, very well, a guy that a lot of people are high on myself included uh, with that Seattle Mariners team. But Gilbert is a guy 213 ERA, 356 X ERA. He's walked at least three guys in each of his last four starts. And the Toronto Blue Jays, a team that showed up in the regression report for me in point spread weekly, not that long ago, they are just awful with men in scoring position, and I don't know why, and I don't see any reason why it should continue with all the talent that they have. So I went ahead and took the over eight here in today's game with the Mariners and the Blue Jays. Let me ask you a question about how concerned are you about the Blue Jays? A lot of people picked them. They were the preseason favorite to win the East. How, can you, how concerned are you about them winning the East or even making the playoffs at this point? Well, you know, I think something that's been kind of, I don't want to say a blessing in disguise for the Blue Jays, but... As I mentioned, their offense has struggled so much in terms of performance with men in scoring position. And those high leverage plate appearances matter. I mean, you know, the difference between getting a two run single with the man with two guys in scoring position and not could be the difference between winning or losing a one run game. And Toronto had won a lot of one run games. That's kind of leveled off a little bit. But their offense is so much better than they've performed here so far. The nice thing for them is that their pitching has been really good. Gaussman's been really good. Hunjin Ryu came back and looked pretty good for four innings the other day. We were talking about Alec Manoa during the break. Mm -hmm. They have a lot of pitching to fall back on, and this offense should get it going soon. I think tonight's guy is the reason they're in trouble. I think Berrios is done. He is not consistent anymore. You can't throw him out there as the ace or even the number two guy of the staff. We'll see how it plays out, but when he's bad, he's awful and doesn't even give you a chance in games. Okay, I think I have four plays today. Let's start off with the two-unit play. This is the English Championship League playoff to get into the Premier League. Now, this was the only game that went over. 18 of the last 20 going into this year of, the, of this playoffs have gone under two and a half. Um, so far, two of the three have gone under. This was the game that went over two to one here. Nottingham Forest on the road over Sheffield United. Now it comes back to Nottingham. This game starts off right now. I laid the juice here 30 cents. I played all four of these games under two and a half. Um, this, this is for 100 million pounds to get into. That's what it means to this team to get into the Premier League. The most important games in the world. Cease minus a run and a half. They're in the bottom of the third runner on third or top of the third runner on third for the White Sox. Still no score there. I took Gilbert uh, and the Mariners plus the 120 against Berrios tonight. You like the over. This is a fade Berrios play to me. Uh, Gilbert does need to throw more strikes. You can't put these runners on base, but uh, I just thought the price was wrong there. And then I'm going to I'm going to play the pitcher coming back off the no hitter. I know it's a popular angle to go against it, but I like the fact that the Angels got beat last night. I like the fact Syndergaard gives up six in the first. They should be focused tonight here. I think Detmers will come back with a good performance. And I added Miles Mikolas here, minus $1.12 here in this first game against the Mets, against 
basically a bullpen game for the Mets in game one. Yeah, and the thing for Detmers, uh, there are some regression signs in the profile. There are some things I'm definitely concerned about. But at the same time, this Texas offense just refuses to get going. And, 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 you know, we're talking about guys with track records. Marcus Semien, Corey Seager, you know, Nathaniel Lowe. Some of the guys that they have there are just, they're not producing. They're not performing. And the thing for the Angels that has been a really big separator for them, they're playing much better defense than we've seen them play over the last several years. And their bullpen additions have been really good. Tapera, Loop. Uh, until he got hurt, Archie Bradley was pretty solid. That's what you need. You need bullpens and defense to really win, especially in this current run environment. And the Angels have had both of them so far to go along with a productive offense. I'm an under player, but the last several years I play in-game Angels overs because of that bullpen. I mean, it would always blow up. Let's take a look at a couple of the other games that we didn't have plays on yet. 3.10 p.m. Pacific time, the Battle of Ohio and Cleveland Reds at the Guardians. Connor Overton goes for the 9-26 and Reds. The oxygen thief, as Tito's son called him, Zach Plesak for the Guardians, another guy really struggling. One and three, an ERA four six eight, the whip one point three five. Guardians here tonight, a dollar fifty five home favorite, the total eight. Yeah, I'm still thinking about playing the over for this one. The concern that I have is, you know, I, I know Cleveland, I know the ballpark better than than most people that are out there. The ball does not really carry there in, in April and May. It will carry once June and July roll around, but in April and May, you do have a hard time getting a lot of fly balls to carry. The thing about this game today, there are going to be tons of balls in play. These are two very low strikeout pitchers. Plesak looks just not good at all so far here this season. And Connor Overton is a guy that has pitched well, but if you look at him, 159 ERA with a 494 expected ERA. A lot of hard contact from Overton. His last two starts have been against the Pirates, which will make a lot of pitchers look better than they actually are. So I think Overton's in line for some negative regression here tonight. The price is too big to take Cleveland, but I, I think I may end up on the over eight before this game kicks off. Rain delay last night in Boston. The Red Sox come back. I thought they played well last night against the Astros. So Whitlock's pitched well for them. And now tonight, the Red Sox get their ace, Nathan Avoldi, against Jose Urquidy. This game pretty much a pick em with a total of nine. Astros 23-13 and 13 right there, neck and neck with the Angels in the West. Boston, maybe the most disappointing team so far this year. They come in at 14 and 21. Do you have a, a, a side you're looking at here, Adam? I will say this. Boston will be in the regression report tomorrow in point spread weekly for their offense. This is a team that is in the top 10 in plate appearances with a runner in scoring position, but they've been one of the worst offenses with a runner in scoring position. And this has kind of been a trend for a lot of cold weather teams out there with that humidor probably impacting offense. When Boston went on the road to play Atlanta and Texas, they kind of got the offense going a little bit. They scored six runs yesterday, uh, you know, with that big inning in the eighth, uh, much to my chagrin because I had Astros and the under in that mm. one. Uh, but, you know, this is an offense that's starting to come around a little bit here. And as you mentioned, their ace is on the mound. Slightly lean towards Boston in this one, but not that strong of an opinion for me. Pretty good pitchers duel last night in Oakland, or maybe it's just a lack of offense. Want to touch on this game. Dylan Bundy started out the year terrific. Not so much the last three starts. Um, Caprillion's been bad uh, and hasn't got many innings in for the A's. But the A's just have no punch to that lineup. That's why we all bet these <laughs> win totals under, under, under and drove it down from 70 and a half. I see it close 66 in some places. Twins, a slight road favorite tonight of $1.20 with a total of seven and a half. Is Bundy worth backing tonight? Ooh, I don't know. It's it's hard to say Bundy's worth backing any night for the most part. But one thing I was kind of looking at here a little bit today is the Twins have had a lot of short starts recently. You know, if you look over the last 14 days, they have the second fewest starting pitcher innings. 
and the most relief innings mm. by four, I believe over Tampa Bay, a team that, as we know, uses bulk relievers all the time and all that kind of thing. So I worry about the Twins bullpen as we go forward here. So let's see if they have another big workload tonight. That's something that I will look to maybe play, uh, you know, play something in my favor later on in the week if they continue having a lot of these relief innings. But, you know, to your point, I mean, Bundy, he missed a little bit of time with COVID. Caprellian, he missed some time to start the year. He's not super sharp. Part of me wanted to take the over in this game, but it's really, really tough to do in Oakland and with this Oakland A's lineup. Three one last night. I don't yep. think there was any runs in the last four innings or three innings um, after the Sanchez home run. If you want to fade the Twins, I mean, you're getting a decent price. You still believe in the White Sox, or do you believe in your Guardians to win the Central? Because I, they have the pitching. I, I do not believe in the Guardians. Okay. Uh, I just, you know, with, with Bieber's velocity decline, that's a big worry for me. Plesak and Savali look terrible. Tristan McKenzie looks good, but he also hasn't been challenged too much by a lot of good lineups. I, I think the White Sox are going to be worth a play, but I'm still waiting on it because the Twins play a very weak schedule over the next three or four weeks, whereas the White Sox are playing some pretty good teams. And Chicago, by the way, right now, depending on how things kind of play out, they project to only play four teams with a winning record in the second half. So I think Chicago's strength of schedule really goes downhill in the second half. So I may look to take this one in June or, or maybe at the All-Star break, hoping for a plus money price on Chicago at some point. Real quick, about 30 seconds here. Giants at Rockies. They've owned the Rockies, but Chad Cool's been great this year. He's getting $1.40 at home against Alex Cobb, total of 11 and a half. Yeah, I'm really looking to fade Chad Cool as much as I can. I just think today's price was a little bit big on the Giants. Mm -hmm. So didn't take this one, but maybe a Giants team total is something I may add to my card before the end of the night. Adam, appreciate you sitting in. First time it's we fun. got to work together. It's fun to do it. Thanks fun for to, having me. Fun to talk some baseball. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> All right. We hopefully Amal Shaw will be back tomorrow uh, and we'll discuss this Eastern Conference final in the NBA and see who got the first step in as well as the two Stanley Cup series that go tonight and the two that go tomorrow night. Stay tuned to VEASAN. Up next, it's Betting Across America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., 
We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.